Psychology in Seattle. Hello and welcome to Psychology in Seattle. I'm your host, Kirk Honda, licensed therapist. I'm Mandy, Kirk's cousin. <laughs> and I'm Umberto Castaneda. I just recently accepted a position to replace a CEO down in a company in Cupertino, Cupertino or something like that, California. Where are we right now? Right now we're in Seattle, Washington. In the heart of Seattle, in uh, what's this place called? Uh, My Northwest, uh, Cairo. We're at the Cairo radio. Cairo station. radio station. Wow. Yeah, cool. and and the audio and the audio is so much better here. Yeah. And look at these awesome headphones we got. See, see, here. Listen to <laughs> listen to the background noise. Ah, there's no background. Uh, noise. Sounds good. <laughs> it's so different. I will make a point that there's a lack of diet flavored soda. That is afforded to me in unlimited quantities at Kirk's house in the kitchen. So my request to Kirk, the moderator, is for some Diet A&W or Diet Crush. <laughs> All right. Well, the reason why we're doing video podcasting today is because we are actually in Cairo. We're actually in the radio station recording right now. And I just thought, what an opportunity for us to provide video. Plus, Mandy has been on the show for a while, and I just wanted to officially indoctrinate oh. Mandy into the psychology. Induct. Induct. I want to officially induct Mandy into the psychology in Seattle Pantheon. Welcome, Mandy. Wow. Did you say indoctrinate? You know, people should know what you look like because they've been listening to you for a while. Kirk's cousin, 5'2". Yeah. Uh, I like hamsters and... Long walks on the beach? They don't have to be long. Okay. I like sunsets better. Okay. I just wanted to say that Mandy follows in the tradition of Lita and Jody, and maybe Mandy will be with us forever. What do you think? Did you say indoctrinate? <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm just maybe. kidding. I'm down. All right. Today's episode is the second episode of the personality testing or the personality assessment episodes. And last time we talked about personality assessment, and uh, I gave you the test to, um, to take... I have coded your responses. I've entered them into the computer, and they've spat out a bunch of graphs that need to be interpreted and da-da-da-da-da. But I also matched it up with information that I knew about you as as people, since I know you fairly well. And I came up with um, a lot of things that we can talk about. What do you think? Is this an intervention? <laughs> uh, it might turn out to be. <laughs> Yikes. Uh, no, it sounds very exciting and scary at the same time. I, too, am nervous. Mm, okay. So first off, I just wanted to ask you guys... What are you worried about? I'm not really worried, but certainly I, I probably, unbeknownst to myself, was a little more honest on, on the, in that questionnaire. And so uh, I, I might find out that I have more problems than I thought I did. Mm, okay. I, too, tried to be honest and not try and make myself look good. But after 567 bubbles, <laughs> I honestly don't know where my head was at at that point. <laughs> That's it, really long. It yeah. got mushy. <laughs> I, I actually sort of fell asleep in the middle. I had to stop and finish it in a second go. How long did it take you? Both of them, the MCMI and the MMPI, probably at least two hours because I really wanted to focus and take it serious. So uh, was it annoying to take a test that long? Um, sometimes I was annoyed because I just could not understand like the relevancy of some of these questions or the redundancy. You know, Sometimes it was just like the same question phrased differently. And I was like, I know what you're getting at. Let's move on. You know, and a lot of them weren't applicable to me. Were they weird questions? I don't know. They just seemed like obvious, like questions like the ones about your parents. Do you remember right, them? Yeah. Like, I never love my mother or, you know, something <laughs> like that. And it's like, oh, obvious. True. Mommy issues. It's like, of course, I never feel that. Or, you know. Any um, guesses as to what the test might have found? I probably have some, some, uh, how do you call these things? Uh Selfishness, maybe, or uh, self-centeredness. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Any so, any other things? Uh, no, I don't know. I hope I'm not a psychopath. That's all. I'm. Okay. <laughs> it's supposed to measure for all sorts of psychopathologies or right. traits, but any right. other traits besides compulsion? Some some obsessive. Okay. Traits, perhaps so, anxiety. Anxiety, sure, okay. definitely anxiety. Okay, Manny. I'd say probably maybe self-centered or like attention-seeking or like needing people's approval. Really? Probably, just because I kind of felt that in myself as I was taking it, like, oh, let's be honest here. Mm. We're all on a podcast seeking attention right now, so. <laughs> all right. Uh, all right, Berto, you're first. Okay. So I have here the um, MMPI2 uh, results. 
the results didn't say anything definitive. So there's a lot of tendencies and personality traits that I want to uh, maybe bounce off you, and you tell me whether or not you, they seem accurate to you. Okay. And, um, and I'll give my opinion as well. So um, one of the things that the MMPI suggested about your personality was that you have a feeling of failure in your life. God, I knew I got that wrong. Shoot. <laughs> Failed. <laughs> what do you think? Uh, that's interesting. Um, hmm. I suppose, uh, yeah, well, yeah, I guess so. Yeah. I mean, in a weird way, it's not like I'm like, it's not like I actually feel, oh man, I failed. It's more like I am ambitious and I don't, I, I guess I'm probably never satisfied with how far I've gotten or something, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, another personality trait that the MMPI suggested about you was that you feel somewhat persecuted and... I would say that that's not my impression of you, but what do you think? That's so unfair. Like, <laughs> do you feel this way too? Do you? Yes, I guess at times, like, I don't, I don't really feel like I, everyone's after me or anything like that. At times, I think my personality is to feel a little victimized. Yeah. So like, um, like this is unfair. I should have this or this should happen. Oh. So. Is it like a sense of entitlement thing you mean? Like you feel like you don't get your due diligence, you work hard, you don't get the recognition you want, or like yeah. you don't have the material things you feel like you deserve? Not so much material things, really. It's more about recognition. Work like recognition? It's work. It's or family, like I don't get enough recognition from my parents for what I've done or from my wife for my blah 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 or, you know. Um, I don't know. A lot of it's probably work-related. A lot of it is also... Uh, um, I think definitely family, like, you know, leftover mommy and daddy issues and things. And, mm. um, but there's been other times in my life, just even creatively or whatever that, that I, I, that I've felt I'm not getting enough recognition for this or that or the other thing. Mm. Like MTV Cribs hasn't called me yet and I don't know why. And nobody's so, offered to pimp your ride. Well, someone did, but it was kind of shady. So. I'm sorry, that's really outdated. <laughs> I haven't had cable Pimp since... my ride. That's I, a great reference. I'd like to say that I haven't had cable since that was probably on television. But of course, I brought up Cribs, which was before Pimp My Ride. So. Right, so you're just as outdated as I'm me. worse. Sorry, that was an off-track comment. Uh, go off-track as much as you want, man. <laughs> that is why you are here. That's why you have been indoctrinated. <laughs> hey! I was inducted. <laughs> inducted. Do I get to learn the handshake? Oh, my God. Yeah. Uh, it's a little oh, yeah. messy. Yeah. yeah. Can a girl do it? I'm not sure. Um, <laughs> wait, wait, just a second. <laughs> That's it. That's the handshake. All right. Uh, another uh, personality trait that the MMPI suggested you might have is hypomania. In other words, you are highly energetic. You... <laughs> Maybe a little expansive. When you enter the room, people know it, that kind of thing? Yes, of course. Sure. Okay. That, that is definitely, that has been since I was a baby. Yeah, I would say that's very true. Um, another uh, personality trait is uh, being prone to anxiety and depression. Yes. Once again, I was expecting that one. Hmm. But I mean, it's not, actually, it's not depression. Like, meaning, well, maybe it is depression. I had a conversation with a friend of mine from uh, California, and he was telling me that in his relationship with his wife... His wife worries a lot, and he doesn't really worry. He's kind of a very chill guy. And the thing is that his wife grew up in a like an alcohol uh, an alcoholic home, meaning one of her parents. I must have been an alcoholic. Uh, and I guess there's some research that shows that you know kids that grow up in those kind of environments have more anxiety because <laughs> it was a very unstable. Lots of bad things happened or very aggressive behaviors around the house, things like that. And he grew up in an opposite, very calm environment. So like he's totally chill about it. And, and she's always, I feel like I'm, I didn't grow up in an alcoholic house, but I grew up in a, in Colombia and Bogota and in a very kind of volatile country village. And then my family situation was also volatile. So I do have that kind of sense of dread at all times. Like, is today the day the bombs happen? <laughs> Are the shootings going to start tonight? Like, I do feel that, right? And I, I will be laying in bed at night going, did I hear a sound? Is this when the robbers are breaking in to kill all of us? Or is that the asteroid that's finally hitting the earth and ending all civilization? These thoughts keep me up at night sometimes. So Yeah. yeah. And we've talked about that before. And the MPI seemed to pick up on that. Right. Um, all right. Another uh, aspect of personality was that you feel as though you might be losing your mind. 
I do have dark thoughts sometimes. Really? So, like, I don't think it's losing my mind as much as that I, I tend to have a dark mind. All right, another... Uh, wait, wait, hold that pose. I'm just imagining butchering you, so it's... That's, that's different from losing your mind. That's uh, that's oh, just becoming that? aggressively... Oh, okay, then violent. I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> I think you're losing concentration. Um, another result, and just I just want to do as a, as a, as a caveat um, about the results here is that overall you didn't show much pathology the the kinds of things we're talking about here are more personality traits they're not right. it's not pathology um the mapi can pick up on schizophrenia uh manic depression um being a psychopath for instance and it didn't show any of those things so i just want to say overall right, you're success. cleared i hit it so well yeah overall you 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 hit it very well <laughs> okay. um another result was um that you actually showed a high feminine quality. Oh. <laughs> but it's also uh, indicative of those people who are artistic and who actually share in the rearing of their children or in you know household mm. activities. Uh, and the last result that I thought was relevant to you was um, it showed that you might feel isolated and alone, misunderstood, like I said before, I misunderstood. Yes, definitely I feel misunderstood often by many people. I That is a constant feeling that I have. Oh, really? Yes. I don't think I, I knew that about you. No, you, you misunderstand. I know. I, I've been misunderstanding you. Um, and it's bad. not a language barrier. <laughs> no, it's just... I, I'm not saying it's them. It's, it's probably me, but I feel that way. All right. So uh, let's move on to the MMCI or MCMI. This assessment... Uh, showed drastically different things about you. Oh. So it's just interesting. Two different assessments will come up with very different Is that results. the short one? That's the short one, yeah. Okay. I was tired by then. Mm. <laughs> I'm like, sure. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> so the first thing, again, um, I'll say from the onset is that it didn't show anything severe that you should really be worried about or that you don't know about yourself. There are things that it could have revealed on here that I would have said, uh-oh. <laughs> but there's really nothing on there. Okay. Um, now, when we get to Mandy, I'm just joking. <laughs> this is an intervention. <laughs> um, so, so the first thing that it, it suggested that you might have a, a small amount of, but, a, but something potentially uh, to look at, is dependency, uh, which is described as having difficulty making everyday decisions without an excessive amount of advice and reassurance from others. We could say that's probably true about you, right? Uh, what do you think, Mandy? <laughs> Uh, that's interesting. It's, it fascinates me that that would reveal that way because on the one hand, I'm the most independent person in my family. Mm. Like I'm the guy that has never borrowed money or really asked for favors from the rest of the family. Mm. But, um, I do like to know that people agree with me. Mm. So maybe that's where that manifests. Yeah. I mean, it's not severe, but I would say that you do a lot of things after you bounce them off other people, you know? That's probably true. You know? Like you're social. You're not isolated in that. Yeah. yeah. In that way. Has difficulty expressing disagreement with others because of fear of loss of support or approval? Has difficulty expressing what? Disappointment? Uh, disagreement? Disagreement. Because you worry about disapproval? That could be. Hmm. Some of, it depends on the person and on the situation, but I could see that. Okay. Um, goes to excessive lengths to obtain nurturance and support from others. That sounds a little stretched. Yeah. Feels uncomfortable or helpless when alone because of exaggerated fears of being unable to care for yourself? No. I become the most self-sufficient when I'm by myself. I think when I am surrounded by people, I delegate more. <laughs> okay. When I'm by myself, since I have no one else to delegate to, I actually become very self-sufficient. Yeah. I mean, I, I would say that's my experience of you, too. Yeah. Um, I, I would say maybe just um, somewhat of a social dependence, meaning that um, you depend on other people in a, in a, in a, in a good way, I think. Uh, I think that when you do projects, you do them with others. Oh, that's true. Yeah. That is actually true. I, like, I've, I do find it hard to motivate myself sometimes without a team. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> without a, a, a group of you know, people. All right. Well, the most prominent result on the MCMI was narcissism. This is um, what you predicted about yourself, self-centeredness, mm -hmm. right? So let's read some of the 
traits of narcissism. Focus in, focus in. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Has a grandiose sense of self-importance. Yeah. Uh, Preoccupied with fantasies of unlimited success, power, brilliance, beauty, or ideal love. Well, yeah, of course, everything. Believes that you're special and unique and can only be understood by or should associate with other special or high-status people. Isn't everyone? You're not really like that, actually. I don't. That's not one that I would say is about you. Because um, you hang out with all sorts of people. The status thing is totally BS. Um, has a sense of entitlement. Mm, I don't know. Uh, no, not a sense of entitlement. Yeah. I don't right. think so. Um, is interpersonally exploitative. I mean... What do you think about that one? Does that mean that I use other people for my gain? Yes and no. I mean, yes, in, in an extreme way of describing it, yes. In another way, no. uh, hurt other people in that you don't notice what okay. they might need in the moment. Okay, that that might be actually... I, I think I've gotten drastically better at that kind of stuff. Yeah. But I do think that in, in my life, especially as, as a young, when I was younger, I did not pay attention to others... Very much. Right. And so I could see that. But I, at the same time, I don't, I don't use people. So. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Shows arrogant, haughty behaviors or attitudes. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, I, what do you think about that one? So it's funny. A lot of people when they, especially once again, when I was younger, first impressions count for a lot. Yeah. A lot of people when they first meet me or used to meet me would get that sense like, ah, that guy's just arrogant or conceited. Right. And, um, I don't mean to be right. So, um, but I can't, I, I am, you know, like I'll walk into a room and have a loud voice and say things with authority or whatever. And so it might come off like that. And right. And my, sorry. and well, no, my experience of you is that you come across as arrogant and conceited, mm-hmm. but a more accurate way of saying it is that you have high self-esteem, very high self-esteem and, but you're not out to make others lesser than you. So uh, another tendency, less than narcissism, was masochism, which mm. we all know. The like definition. the fun masochism or <laughs> the not so fun masochism? Like um, self-destructive kinds of things, um, mm. put, setting yourself up for others to abuse you. Oh, yeah, definitely. That one. I don't consciously enjoy pain, um, both you know psychological or physical, but uh, yeah, I suppose that I have... I put myself into vulnerable situations with people that I trusted, uh, but maybe that I shouldn't have had so much trust in. I don't know. Whatever the case may be, that that might be a little masochistic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. So those are your results. What do you think? It's not as bad as it could have been. A couple of the areas um, are slightly surprising in in the sense that. I would have stated it totally different, but when stated and explained the way you did, um, they kind of make sense. For example, the the masochism. I know that was the second test, but that was an interesting one because I would have never said, yeah, I'm a masochist. But then you explain it emotionally, and I'm like, oh, I do kind of, yeah. So that's that's the thing. Some of these terms, like, just thrown out, like, mania. You're a maniac. Like, I think of that as, like, I'm crazy. (laughs) Whereas it sounds like, well, there's a little bit of that, maybe, but mostly it's, it's high energy, and it doesn't necessarily mean what... Animaniacs, for example, means. <laughs> All right, Mandy, you're next. All right, you're up. All right. How do you, how do you feel? Uh, I cry easy, <laughs> just so you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, I really do not want to make you cry. Okay. So. Well, you've been warned. Um, it'll be caught on camera, or I'll edit it out if she cries. How about that? Right, and yeah. nobody make fun of me if I cry. Again, the MMPI, we start, we'll start off with that one. Um, and again, just from the onset, a lot of things that it shows are suggestions for a clinician to use as one of the aspects of assessment. For instance, uh, you would have to interview someone. You can't just administer this test and go, this is what you have. You have to interview you, get some background, and use the, the, the protocol results as information for the overall analysis. So um, the first thing that it suggested that you might have is discontent. Impulsive, easily bored, less bound by traditional moral constraints. What do you think? I don't know. That sounds bad. Discontent? Well, don't worry about the word discontent. Just think of... Less bound by normal moral... Constraints. Constraints. Really? I think that's surprising. 
just from the outside hearing it like that. But maybe, I don't know, give me an example. Like saying dirty jokes that other people would not think would be very appropriate? Do In mixed company thinking, like I say it even though I maybe don't know them well enough? The, the traditional moral constraint of a woman is to never say a dirty joke, pretty much. And Oh, okay. I guess if you're talking about, like, traditional gender roles, but I mean, I don't know what a traditional woman is, and I guess if I did, I would say I'm not. In some ways, I'm not. In some ways, I am. Well, I I would say you say jokes that most men would find offensive. Okay, fine. Jokes, like my sense of humor in jest, but, like, I'm not, like, really going against, like, Moral, normal moral constraints sounds just kind of like... It says less bound by traditional moral constraints. Not like you're going to kill someone, but the traditions of, you know, like a good 60s woman does not say a joke about a man's genitalia. You know, that would be a traditional moral constraint. Okay, fine. You're right. That's that's definitely not me. I love genital jokes. (laughs) That sounds awesome. Let's hear some. (laughs) Um, it also says easily bored. Are you easily bored? Yeah. Yeah. Like I can focus on things like Umberto said, like when I'm into it, when, but if it's not something I'm that hot on. <laughs> Shiny. Shiny distracting. You, you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, easily bored. I always want to be doing something. All right. So another uh, suggestion that it, that it's the MMPI suggested uh, was that you're high strung, feeling more intensely than others. Feeling lonely, misunderstood, like Berto, uh, and taking risks to feel better. Um, what do you think? High strung? Yes. Okay. What's what? What is your definition of high strung? High strung. I mean, I think people typically mean like high maintenance. You know, kind of just like it's on my sleeve. You can tell I'm upset. I'm yeah. happy. I'm right. super perky. I'm like really grumpy. Right. You know, it's obvious. Yeah. It's not like really even keel. Right. And I can get, you know, uh, fired up and be, you know, uh, you know, get in, I guess what I would call traditionally in my family is, oh, when she's in her little tizzy mood, it's like something throws me off and, you know, everything's getting me riled and, you know, give and- me an excuse. I will snipe at you. I'll just be like, man, it's not going as I'm planning. I'm anal. Do it this way. It's not efficient. Get out of my way. Get it done. You know? And on the positive side, when you're really happy and when you're really happy to see someone, they really know it. Yeah. But yeah, no, I would say I'm high strung. Okay. But I strive to be more low key. Like you were talking about that couple friend of yours that, you know, one is kind of uh, the woman based on whatever kind of upbringing she had and the man's like, it's cool. I'm you're, not the- You're saying you have both in you, like. Like you have multiple personality disorder. No, I'm saying I'm the high-strung crazy one, but I'd like to be more low-key. Do you take risks to feel better? I don't know. What, like what? I don't know. I'm, I'm trying to think of how it would apply to you. Like I like to drive fast, not like race a car, but like I like to drive fast and it makes me feel kind of, ooh, you know, a little dangerous, a little. I don't know. That one doesn't seem to apply. No, I don't think so. All right. Um, another suggestion was that you might have low self-confidence. What do you think? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Is this where you start crying? No, but it's like, geez, who wants to hear about this? <laughs> I'm laughing to play it off. <laughs> it's that nervous, scary laugh. <laughs> yeah, because I'm just like, it's like <laughs> I'm waiting for you to change the subject. All right, anyway, well, no, no, no. But what's to say? I mean, how can I take something good from this? What's to say? Overall, generally, do you think you have low self-worth compared to what would be rational? self-worth like everything i have going as a person professionally speaking socially speaking don't think about don't think about like how to measure your self-worth because that's a intangible thing i mean i can't measure my self-worth i can't say i'm worth something because blank Um, it's just a feeling that you get right you just feel like yeah i'm a good person uh i don't know why i feel that way precisely (laughs) but i have I, I don't, I'm not worthless, you know, that kind of feeling. Okay. Um, it's not based on any rational, logical evaluation. What oh, do you okay. think? Do you, do, you, do you think you have low self-worth in that way? I think maybe my, I have a misconception about it or my, my gut reaction is like, well, I have low self-worth. But then it's like, wake up, you know, you need like. Sometimes I have good friends who will like tell me to like you know wake up you have a, you have a lot of things to be thankful for you ha- what you have no nothing to complain about you shouldn't be feeling sad or bad about yourself 
And in that way, I equate like low self with like, you know, nothing's going right. You know, I'm Eeyore. It's like I have a lot of things. I really have nothing to complain about. I am very happy. And like when it ends up at the end of the day, it's like, so what? You know, nobody's perfect. You, you know. Right. The people who know you hopefully think that you are great, beautiful, inside and out, just like I feel about right. people. Yeah. I mean, I try to so. say those things about you, too. So. And uh, so a knee-jerk reaction of low self-worth, but a, a counter-cognitive reaction of, hey. Like, don't be, don't be catastrophizing your own life and your own situation like we'd been talking about great. with ellis right right that i found a lot of truth in that like i'll get all you know i'm high strung so i'll let it tie me up and spin me all around and knots and get all when it's like wait you need to chill out be the low-key guy okay and i find that that's something i always struggle with all right. well, that's very keep talking about norse mythology in this conversation what nothing sorry loki Oh, Loki. <laughs> but I'm bum. Uh, speaking wow. of, are you sure the bad pun thing didn't show up on Umberto's test results? Because I'm picking up on it real hard. <laughs> um, another result that the MMPI suggested was that you're easily angered and tense, which was related to what we were saying before. Yeah, tense. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. All right. So that's all it showed. <laughs> what? Uh, so, so the MMPI showed a lot of results for Berto, and actually for the average psychiatric patient, for instance... Uh, there would be a lot more results. I just want to say that um, this, this shows that you are relatively normal. I really had to. I really had to dig deep to find things to even say anything about your results. So I don't have any pathologies, right? So most people, uh, if I was just to look at your MMPI results really quickly, I would say there's really nothing to say. So I had to really dig deep for those. Thanks. It sounds like there was less digging necessary for my results. There's a little less digging, but there was some digging, <laughs> okay. honestly. No judging. Yeah. <laughs> no judging co-host. Right. All right. <laughs> All right. You're so, beautiful inside and out. Oh, you are something. Well, this is interesting. <gasps> oh. Well, this no, is interesting because... You are beautiful inside, outside, over, around, and left, left-wise, right-wise, circularly. <laughs> well, the funny thing is, is <laughs> can you give her some of your self-confidence? Because you have too much. <laughs> She doesn't have enough. Uh, I'll send you some in the mail. <laughs> yeah. Okay. This is spinning out of control. Sorry. All right. So the MCMI results, um, again, hardly anything to say, but there are two things we can say. Let's do it. Um, the okay. first thing was that you scored very high on the desirability scale, meaning that, <laughs> meaning that it believes that you were trying to appear very desirable, that you were answering questions to deny any pathology in yourself. What do you think? Um, I took that one first. I tried to be honest, but maybe I really got going and went to like more brutally honest slash harsher on myself after getting into the big test on the MMPI. Right. So this was like my warm up and I was just like, well, okay. Okay. So I don't know. Yeah. Because the MMPI actually didn't pick that up. And both tests actually test for desirability or people trying to fake good or fake bad. And the MMPI didn't suggest that at all. But, uh, so anyway, it was pretty high. Um, uh, on that scale. Um, and as I said on a previous episode, that's what my results were too. I had a super high desirability. I think mine was about the same as yours. <laughs> and, and I thought I had answered the questions honestly, but when I look back at a lot of my answers, I, I was clearly erring on the side of desirability. Oh, okay. The second result was attention whore. Oh. Um, <laughs> it's histrionic, uh, which is, um, uncomfortable in situations in which you're not the center of attention. Um, True, man. I will admit that right now. Just thinking, like, I don't like going to parties where I only know one person. Oh, okay. Because then you're like, <laughs> it's about like dead dead party, and you're like, how do do that again? <laughs> That's <laughs> Just, awesome. You know, I I feel shy. Like, if I can't feel like maybe you think it's that if we don't feel like we're like in our elements where people surround us who understand us where we feel like we can be free and i can make my penis jokes left right and center if it's like this new crowd of people i don't know then i'm like what do i talk about if i can't talk about penis jokes i guess i just can't go yeah because maybe that's it maybe they're like i don't know if they'll like my mixed bag maybe they won't accept me when i am stepping outside my traditional constraints of you know moral uh, expectations yes you you need to have a stand-up routine about this stuff yeah really funny (laughs) right (laughs) 
<laughs> well, so along those lines, um, uh, histrionic people are attracted to podcasting, to being a stand-up comic, to being <laughs> in the spotlight, and they, they actually thrive in that. Um, all right, so other characteristics of um, the histrionic personality are interaction with others is often characterized by inappropriate sexual seductive or produ- provocative behavior. It's bull. You're, you're just making that up. That's what I'm saying. Oh, jeez. What are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> That's not my hand, by the way. Not my hand. Well, I mean, you're catching me. If I take this test in 20 years, I'm going to not be ca- prob- likely characterized by you know inappropriate sexual blah 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 you know i'm probably gonna tame out or whatever i'll grow this phase no. granted i am turning 26 next week <laughs> it's gonna get worse maybe i'm not gonna outgrow is am i gonna outgrow this you're gonna become a cougar is this permanent um doctor <laughs> what can we do well let's see let me let me answer that question that that uh, <laughs> this sort of personality trait usually is um ongoing you know what now that i think about it you just spent some good quality time with my dad and he's like this. Oh, is he? And we're both like this. Yeah. And he's totally like, you know, making the tongue-in-cheek jokes. And he's almost 60. And he's, uh, I, I think we get a lot of the same thing. Yeah. Did you pick up on that at all this weekend? Oh, yeah. me. We had a family reunion this past weekend at Fort Warden in Port Townsend. Me and Mandy actually planned it. So it was a lot of work. It's a lot of great times. Uh, and I got to know Mandy's dad a little better. And the three of us were the disgusting ones of the family. Would you say? <laughs> yeah. Really? I mean, that's that's telling. It is. That's kind of telling. My my mom is not like that. However, your mom (laughs) is very comfortable uh, uh, being the center of attention. She is talker. But then again, so am I. Yeah. I am my parents' daughter. Yeah, you're sort of a combination. (laughs) I pick the penis joke part of my dad and the center of attention talking loud laughing of my mom. Yeah. This is what you get. Guys, (laughs) I'm single. (laughs) By the way, that, that single thing, that was redundant. After the uh, the penis uh, foray that you've been playing. <laughs> oh, so if I was dating someone, I couldn't be as penile-centric? That's right. Centric? Once you date, you have to be very proper and very sedate. Maybe that's why it's never worked out <laughs> with me and anyone. You think? You think I'm penis phallic-centric? Um, I feel like you've had some good relationships and <laughs> they have ended. I wouldn't say that they were failures. Just because a relationship ends doesn't mean it was a failure. Oh, God. Uh, there's two more, which I, I would say don't characterize you. Consistently uses physical appearance to draw attention to yourself. Uh, no. Uh, no. <laughs> ha- has, a, has a style of speech that is, is excessively impressionistic and lacking in detail. No. Uh-huh. But, really? No, yeah. I don't think so. Yeah. This other, this other characteristic, though, what do you think? Shows self-dramatization, theatric theatricality, and exaggerated expression of emotion. Cue the camera. Five, four, three, two, go. <laughs> Theatrics? He was making faces at me like, <gasps> and then I didn't hear what you were saying because he was totally distracting me. I only heard oh. dramatization Cut. and theatrics. Yeah. <laughs> because then I got all... Yeah. Essentially like dra- uh, self-dramatization, like, oh, and, uh, th- you know, th- uh, it says... Th- Theatricality. I didn't even know. I'm dramatic and uh, exaggerated expression of emotion. Yeah, probably. Maybe yeah. my gut reaction to things, but I am a very expressive person. Right. I don't know if that's like overly, but when people meet me, so one of the first things if they ever say anything is, "Oh my god, your face is so expressive." Yeah. And I'm like, I've never picked up on it. It's normal to me. It's just the way my face looks. But yeah, you can read it right away. <laughs> Yeah. Right away, what I'm thinking, what right. I'm feeling. I can say a lot without saying anything. Right. Just being like... Here, make a face. Well, give me a scenario. Uh, you <laughs> you just smelled a fart. And I think it's the Pope and I'm not allowed to say anything? Yeah. Like, Ready? Ready? <laughs> no. You just smelled a fart. <laughs> I can't. Oh, my God. No, I can't. There's it's too funny much pressure. Fart. It's a funny, funny fart. Um, yeah, I would say that that is, that is dead on with you. Um, you know, people who aren't histrionic tend to uh, have facial expressions that are either normal or subdued, right? And so, oh. so um, to have very expressive emotions, to put yourself out there, that's a histrionic thing. Oh, yeah. Um, another thing is, is being suggestible, which is actually not necessarily intuitive in this category. But what do you think? Are you suggestible? Are you easily influenced by others? Yeah, I was going to say, I think you got a react, uh, result 
that was like checks with other people before making decisions. You know, it's kind of indecisive, but also what kind of looking for like someone's approval, needing like support before you do something. And I really thought that I'd get that because I am like the most indecisive person, and I'm always asking people like. What should I do? Where should I go? Or you know, what do you think? Or should I do this? And I can never like just decide yeah. to, like that I can do it. I have to like stress and get high strung about it for a long time before somebody's like, "Wake up! Yeah, you can do this." And I'm like, "Oh yeah, yeah." Finally, believing that I can do it, which ties into the high strung, super emotional, low self esteem. Like, oh yeah, who freaking cares? Just do it. Right. Like today, it all ties in. Manny was planning her birthday party. I knew you were going to say uh, that. And- <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I get I get this text from her. She's like she's like I want to go out in Ballard. Where should I go? And I'm like, geez, there's so many places. And and I didn't really want to go into. I didn't really want to list off every place I know in Ballard. And so I said, wow, there's a lot of places in Ballard. And then I texted back to her, and she texted me back like, help me out. What place? Tell me where. And so so I just started listing everywhere I knew in Ballard. And I and I just ran out of room after about seven. And then and then I texted that to you. And then um, you started asking me all these questions about them, and then all of a sudden you came up with um, with a place, and and I thought, oh, she's probably texting ten other people and asking them about their opinions about Ballard. Was that the case? <laughs> I was nodding my head. Sorry, podcast land. I was going to say, uh, Kirk doesn't know. I was like running ideas off like two of my best friends who live in Ballard, where I live, and it was like I'm going for ideas. It has to be, you know. No pressure. I wanted it to be a mingly place where you're standing with a drink, not sitting in a restaurant. Blah, 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 blah. I finally made a decision, and today was a perfect example. Something as stupid as where to get a beer. But I was high-strung about it because I didn't want anyone to feel like, got to come at this time because I'm getting a reservation because we all got to sit and eat. I just wanted people to be able to drop in. I wanted it to be low-key, but before it gets low-key, I had to be super anal. That sounds awesome. If that makes sense. Yeah. The <laughs> anal part is done. The beer drinking will commence. All right. All right. So there it's just go. a good example of uh, being suggestible slash dependent. Totally. Um, totally. I wish I couldn't. Didn't have to do that. Well, it's not a bad, it's not a horrible quality. Once I know that about you, I just know that I just sort of walk with you <laughs> in your indecisiveness. Because the other thing I also know is that if I just decide for you, you're not necessarily happy with it. Do I say anything? Yeah, sometimes I'll say, how about here? And you'll be like, you would think if you were super dependent, I would suggest a place. You'd be like, okay. But I, su- I make a suggestion. You're like, meh. <laughs> do I just say, meh? Yeah. I make, no, no. What I do is I make a face and I don't have to say anything. I'll be like, yeah. <laughs> no, but see, people like us, we're very good at telling you when you've said the right thing. Yeah. Like, you know, you might say five things and we don't like them. So we're like, but when you say the right one. It's like, you'll know that we like it. Or I know what I don't want. Like, God, how many years it'd be like, where do you want to go eat? And it'd be like, I don't know. And finally it got to be like, where do you not want to eat? What do you not want to do? And I'd be like, well, I know what I I don't want to do. (laughs) And I can tell you, not this, not that, not this, but not like what actually sounds good. I can only narrow it down to a pool of a few less options and still not know what the (laughs) fuck I'm doing. So now on on the scale of things... um, (laughs) When these tests, these tests uh, assess for all sorts of things that I would think most people would not be so happy to have. Um, so histrionic is one of them, is one of the things it assesses for. But it, you know, it's not like uh, it's not like, for instance, sadistic. Neither one of you scored high on the sadistic scale, which is good. I'm glad to know that my <laughs> friends are not sadistic. Um, <laughs> Let's see, antisocial, which is someone who uh, doesn't have a lot of regard for the law or other people's feelings. Um, uh, let's see, borderline personality, which um, is characterized by a chronic feeling of being betrayed, uh, going back and forth between very intensely being um, in love with someone to hating someone, being in love with someone and hating someone at the same time. Um, <laughs> These are uh, very frustrating personalities to associate yourself with, and you guys don't don't have those. Uh, other things are delusional disorders it assesses for. So, so there are a lot of things that you scored um, very low on, and things you should be proud of. You know, in that um, your parents gave you good genes and raised you well enough that you have relatively low uh, issues. Hmm, nice. So pants really matter, huh? Pants. Yeah. Wearing them. Yeah. I'm not wearing any. What are you talking about? 
jeans. This is my this is my histrionic <laughs> expressive face. He's wearing cords for the record. Yes. They're not jeans. And I'm not wearing any pants. And my parents didn't buy these for me, by the way. So. Oh jeans. Uh, <laughs> your oh, pun are, that bad pun yeah. thing. So what'd you think? I thought that it was true. Pretty true. I don't know. I'm glad I'm not crazy. I didn't think I was. But yeah, I don't know. I'd like to take something away from this to try and work on it. You know, isn't that kind of the point? Like for people who aren't psychopaths or whatever, like what do you tell someone who has kind of average results? Like, okay, how does this affect me Hmm. now? After hearing these results, do do you want to, do you take anything away from it? Is there something you want to work on? Are you just like, screw it? I'm great. Whatever. Being more relaxed about things and less high strung and being more uh, independent or like less dependent on other people's support or you know i'm just a really indecisive person Mm. and that's things i guess you just have to make the effort to decide you're just gonna be decisive decide to be decisive (laughs) how about that okay what about you yeah uh well actually first off i'm kind of proud that i was honest with the whole thing and Mm. um not that i was going to be dishonest but just that i can self-assess you know, that's pretty good. And um, it did highlight some things that I guess I already sensed or know about myself, but it it brings them a little more to light. So things to work on. <laughs> we both love quotes, by the way. Um, things to work on, like the the masochistic emotional part. That's interesting. And also the, um, I, I, the other one that I found interesting was the decisions... The, the needing of approval for decisions, <clears throat> because that's actually something that I think as I was younger, I actually was completely the opposite. And as I've gotten older, maybe hopefully a little wiser, um, maybe, but maybe I'm also gotten a little safer. So um, it m- might be good to watch to balance that so not to get too dependent on that validation. Hmm. So, um, yeah. Okay. All right. So a tougher bluff. Tougher bluff. The most pierced that's piercing with some sort of metal whatever female most pierced woman in the world has been pierced 4225 times tougher bluff you didn't define the object type i assume you mean like with metal like yeah like piercings okay. like lip a cheek uh, any kind of skin you can drama rama's barbell through and you should have uh, seen the picture oh <laughs> and like uh what's it called the uh, acupuncture doesn't count probably no these were okay. like actual like barbelly things well it sounds a little high but you had such a like accurate number sounding thing so um sure uh tough yeah i'll say tough it's tough that's wow. true and yeah that's crazy amount of piercing this was back in 2006 how many <clears throat> 4,225. Oh, and that's in 2006, so by I know. now that's so like, like 20,000. I mean, I went to the Guinness Book of World Records website where they have pictures and the name of the person and where they're from. So I'm thinking maybe that's when it, I mean, that was when it was set and maybe no one has yet surpassed it because, man, that picture was crazy. Could you see any skin? No. No, they say she spends most of her time changing the piercings on her face and has, like, feathers and different hair colors. Jeez. And maybe there's tattooing, but I really don't know where she crammed it in. Wow. What about uh, at an airport through metal detectors? Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? She couldn't fly. She couldn't take it all out, but she wouldn't get through without taking all of them out. She must not be able to fly. Was she naked in the picture? No, she had some sort of skanky <laughs> bustier thing. I don't know. I don't remember. Sorry. Prince lady. <laughs> It's brave. Everything's skanky if it's if it's. Uh, I remember there there being a fine. She had a great rack, <laughs> but who could fucking tell? Her face was covered with those bar belly things. Uh, you used to have a bar face belly. piercing. I still have a face piercing. I have a very small nose ring, and I had a lip ring, but that's just it's not professional for my day job. For your podcasting career, right? What do you guys care? <laughs> Is it still there, the, the lip ring? No. I mean, you, it, it, grew, it grew over? No, yeah, it healed. There's a little mark. Yeah. <laughs> you only had that for like a month. No, I didn't. I had it for like six months. And it was just to prove to myself that I could do it, which I did. Which you did. How old were you? 
Oh, this was back in a couple years ago, two thousand nine. Oh, that was in two thousand nine. <laughs> I was setting records in two thousand nine. Right, All right. Okay, so Hitler, he actually had a brother. Tougher bluff. Gosh, I should know this. I love history, but I'm going to go I with... I thought you were going to say, I love Hitler. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> no. No. I didn't... I don't love Hitler. I don't love Hitler. Oh, what's your I hate Hitler face? <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm going to go with bluff. He was an only child. Yeah, I'm going to go with bluff, too. Okay. So, he actually had three. Um, they all died in childhood. Gustav, Otto, and Edmund. Hmm. Apparently, he also had a stepbrother or something like that. So they he, all died as children. So he was raised as an only child. Yeah. So I'm kind of right. No, 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 no. He no, killed no. them all, basically, is what you're saying. Uh, probably, but but you're not technically correct. So you guys are both technically wrong. All right. Time for bluff. All right. <laughs> this is a good one. Again, care of the Guinness Book of World Records. The most weight lifted by nipples... That's, you know, nipples. <laughs> was 65 pounds. Oh, that's a bluff. It's more than that. 65 pounds? Yeah, it's definitely a bluff. 65 pounds. I think that's like together. I think you like hook them and it's People like... People can lift that with their penis, man. I'm bluffing that. Wow. All right. that That's not true. You're right. It's a bluff. But it's only 70 pounds. 70.5 pounds. Mm. Really? But get this. The guy... He goes by the name The Great Nippolini. No. <laughs> I'm not even kidding you. I mean, he's got a real name, but that's like his his hook or whatever. His, the Great Nippolini. No way. 70 pounds. 70 pounds. Like how you even thought, like, man, I'm so buff. I bet even my nipples lift weight. <laughs> and then you're like, and God, could you imagine if like they ever like shrink back to normal after you unhook the harnesses or something? That's that's uh, so painful sounding. That's dude. my painful nipple face. Uh, <laughs> right? Can I see your painful nipple face? <laughs> what about you? Show your pain. Like, ow! Does that not hurt your nipples to think about? It does. Show your painful nipple <laughs> face, Honda. Never bluff. The highest fall. That anyone has ever survived. Highest fall is 3,000 feet by a Russian, I guess, stewardess. Out of a, out of a plane. Must be. Without a, a well, working par- parachute. I'm going to go with Yeah, tough. there's no, no parachute. I'm going to go with tough. I feel like you might have heard about those stories. Somebody falling from a plane. 3,000 feet. Oh, that's pretty high. How high does a skydive plane go? One of those little skydives. I don't know. But this, I'm, I said 3,000 feet. Are you saying you don't like my answer? I'm just telling you. I said 3,000. Tough or bluff? I'm going to go with tough. She lived. That was a badass bitch. She lived. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with... I'm going to go with tough because it doesn't matter how high you are past a certain point because you hit a terminal velocity. And I have heard of people actually surviving with a lot of broken bones, very high, very high falls. So... I can believe 3,000, but you might be actually changing that number. All right. So, uh, so you guys are on the right track, but it's actually bluff because it was 33,000. Wow. 33,000 Well, feet. if you're in an airplane, a commercial airplane, that makes sense. I mean, how does that happen? She how, survived? Well, like I said, how uh, do you... <laughs> above, above like maybe 500 feet or 1,000 feet. Right, the terminal... But come on, dude. It's like... I, Fall off a third-story building, what happens to your legs and your, you know, back? And, like, most people, they're like, how did he die? Oh, he tripped on a rock. I fell 33,000 feet. Yeah, it was it's a miracle. Or I, that's the medical miracle. Yeah, it's the delta between you hear the stories of, like, car crash, guy's head snaps because the two-mile-an-hour guy behind him rammed him just right, right? And then you're like, oh, yeah, I felt 33,000 feet. I mean, she had broken everything, right? Broke all her ribs, had cracked skull, but she lived. Yeah. Yeah, She lived. Well, a friend of mine's stepmom actually died recently. She was painting and fell off the ladder and landed on a paint can and um, didn't didn't notice anything but had internal bleeding and then died overnight. Oh, are you serious? Yeah. A paint can like they punctured something or no? It didn't puncture. Just fell on it wrong, and some freak 
internal bleeding started oh happening. Oh my God. She went to bed and, and died in her sleep, I think. Oh, that's so traumatic. Or no, I think she died the next day. At any rate, it's it, right. So you can fall three feet. Right. That's my point. It's like, it's so unfair and unbalanced. It's ridiculous. What's your, I, I'm falling from 33,000 feet face. <laughs> I don't know, isn't it where you're like, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> right? It's like those people, you know, parachute face where you're like, blah, 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 blah. And everything is. I'm glad you're taping this because they would not be getting the mm, face. <laughs> right? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> All right, news. All right. Steve Jobs says goodbye to Apple. Again? Hasn't he retired like five times? Um, not Sorry. five, but yeah. So what happens though? It's 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 sad news in the sense because he's um, he's fifty six. Tough. <laughs> he struggled with pancreatic cancer, and so far survived it, which is pretty uncommon. It's uncommon to get pancreatic cancer. It's uncommon to survive it. That's what killed Patrick Swayze, for example. It seems like pan- pancreatic cancer is much more common than people say, because a lot of people seem to get it. Actually, a lot of celebrities, huh? It's kind of weird. There was. At least three people. Anyways, the point is, it's it's pretty severe. Um, he's fifty six. He's he's retiring though. So now a lot of people are like asking, what's going to happen to Apple? Is the stock going to drop? Uh, when when Steve Jobs had left Apple, that's when Apple didn't really do much. They started really becoming sort of irrelevant. Then he came back to Apple, and they've been a you know crazy juggernaut since. So uh, it's the question is, you know, did he install the right leadership in the company? Are they going to replace him with the right leadership for it to keep going? Obviously they have a very, very strong foothold in many, you know, many areas, but, uh, as always leadership leaving such a iconic figure since he's a leader of the industry. Um, so anyways, that's very, very, uh, kind of bittersweet. So, um, it's sweet, I guess only in that he gets to spend more time with his family and his recovery, you know? So, yeah. Oh, we wish him the best, Steve Jobs. Yeah. Get well soon. Um, I love your products. Yeah. Do you have a complaint? I hate it when people sneeze and don't cover their sneezes. Yeah. I'm not saying with your hand, because that's gross, too. Because have you ever seen somebody, and then be like, Ugh, have to wipe it? That's sick. I think what I'm not a fan of is snot. <laughs> snot and or body projectiling goo. Or, you know, at least just go like this. If you're in this room and you sneeze all over this crap, I'd be pissed at you. I'd be like, that's disgusting. Because you're like, it's like it travels like 12 feet. Don't you learn those statistics in kindergarten when you're like, don't disseminate your germs, kids. Yeah, you don't, you don't, it doesn't, it doesn't just bother you. You actually condemn the other person. You are very much. Condemn. It's condemn like, is a little hard. It's like indoctrinate. <laughs> no, I do not. I'm you just have like, contempt. You have contempt for people who sneeze. No. It's it's like, if we're, you know, going to, like, it's something I share with close people. If we're going to hang out or, or for, something. If we're going to hang out. <laughs> but hang out. If we're going to, you know, if we're just going to hang out and we're going to be. I don't know, boyfriend, girlfriend or something. It'd be like something I just mentioned offhand, like, oh, it's so gross, my pet peeve. Just so we both know not to do the annoying things that annoy each other. Isn't that something you share? You're dating and you're like, oh, my pet peeve. I hate it when people blah, 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 you know? Yeah. And it's like, you want to be aware just because it's like, in any ill intent and I don't want to drive you nuts because I like you. So if you're dating someone and they have to sneeze, what should they do? Well, I'm not going to say what you should do. I mean... You know, like if you're sitting at a table and you're going to sneeze at dinner, you know, I sneeze in my napkin or, you know, sneeze in your arm. Don't you want to sneeze into each other's mouths, though, to really share that connection? That's like that heightened sense of intimacy I I was imagining on that (laughs) test result, right? Like, God, I think I just want to share every part of you. (laughs) I want it to be inside me. (laughs) Wow. And that's where I... Again, I'm going outside the normal moral constraints, right? Mm-hmm. I'm never going to find anyone, am I? <laughs> I'm such a freak. By the way, for the record, gentlemen out there, also ladies, I don't like sneezes inside me. Oh. Yours or mine. I just want them out and as far away from me as possible. Yeah, I mean, should they get up and leave the room and sneeze? Come no, on. I'm not crazy. I'm not like, 
I'm not like irrational. Like you must leave the house. I'm you must go crazy. outside this building. You're not going to get there, by the way, <laughs> before the sneeze comes. It's like pretty instantaneous. So, just so, be aware if it's like, if you have like wet, messy sneezes because you're like I got a nasal thing going on. <laughs> just mm. keep the Kleenex. Sneeze away. <laughs> go someplace and not be like, you know. Sorry, I didn't mean to have a five minute tirade on the sneeze. So if you're in bed with someone, they should sneeze into their arm. And As opposed snuggle? to on my face, on my on my pillow, what? I don't know. Where should they sneeze? Not on me. Nowhere near me. Nowhere near me. <laughs> Keep your sneeze to yourself. It's just a necessary part of life. If you have to sneeze, just sneeze in your, you know, your, I don't know, inner elbow. Inner elbow. Whatever this thing is, you know. All right, Berta, you got a complaint? Yes. Um... <laughs> First of all, people that complain about sneezers. <laughs> um, sneezers. No, so, so at, at my complex uh, where where I live, uh, we pay homeowners insurance or homeowners dues, and they were going to paint all the uh, all the buildings. Uh, and in other places I've lived where they have uh, homeowners associations, they normally come ba- by with like a palette and they let you pick. Like, oh, you know, here's your five options. You still don't get like to pick any color you want, but you get like some options, right? No, there were no options. They didn't tell us what color they were going to paint or anything. One day the painters show up, board up all the windows, whatever, boom, 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 up goes the paint. It's this hideous dark green that I hate. So I come home from work. I'm like, what the hell happened to my house? It's terrible. And so I complained to the lady and said, well, why didn't you ask people for their like opinion, their choice? Well, we didn't want to have people complaining that they didn't get what they want. I'm like, (laughs) that's exactly what's happening right now. And and it's like, and so, you know, by rights, I don't have the right to paint my house because it's, it's part of a, it's a townhouse. It's part of the association. So I have to deal with this. And it's like, well, what are my options? I have no good options. If you all write to your congressman and request that this right be wronged. Yeah. <laughs> and, and can I make a sad face? This right be every, wrong? Every five minutes, a Bardo goes with green painted walls. Yeah. This you is want... really a, a first world complaint. <laughs> it is. It is. So is the sneezing. It is. Really. Well, Sorry, actually, people with especially the sneezing. Especially the sneezing, yes. Okay, so here's... It's not really a complaint. It's more of an observation that I think is a little funny about our society, but I have been with friends, women friends, and we'll be driving in in Seattle, and there's a lot of clubs in Seattle, particularly where I live in Belltown, and um, they instantly judge these women that you know they, they the women who dress in very tight dresses let's just say that they're out in the town at saturday night and they're wearing you know very tight dresses um hmm. and and the the friends that i'm with i don't think mandy are one of them this sounds um, a little familiar <laughs> mandy do, do they call them something like skanks or do they <laughs> i'm sorry all you skanks and non-skanks <laughs> or people i've called skanks that aren't skanks. well you know the thing that i that i'll say about it is that it 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 they instantly judge these women as being below them. They're sluts. They're skanks. They're bad people. And and I, I have to say, culturally, I, I would probably agree with them. But then when I think about it, I think, well, can't people dress the way they want to dress? I mean, everyone, each to their own. If someone wants to dress in a flowy purple, you know, lame thing, then they can dress. That's what like. I had on last night. If, <laughs> if someone wants to dress in a in a vertical stripe, various tones of blue shirt, then they should be able to do that. And if if a woman wants to wear a very tight white dress, and uh, she's out in the town, particularly. I, just seems a little negative to judge people. So that's my complaint. Mm. I feel bad about complaining about that. I feel like I'm putting people down. I feel like I'm putting the women down who put other people down. No. Are you saying to not put those people down and to just let everybody just be, yeah, wear, wear what they want? You know, you can wear what you want. You can think what you want. Everybody's just entitled to be free, man. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. a positive message. Right. And let's say that those women actually do have promiscuous sex. Is that something we should be judging people for i mean that's a choice that every adult makes how many people they have sex with and why should we be putting other people down for their choices and right why should we even care well right. we should only care enough to like post their phone numbers or facebook names you're, you're you're wanting phone numbers that's what you're saying yeah of course yeah i mean you're describing uh loosely clad loose women so you're saying that if if women see other women dressing skankily they should not judge them. They should ask for their phone number and pass and it along. And pass it along to at least me. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> that's, all right. all, that's all we are saying. 
All right. Well, <laughs> who's we? <laughs> Me and John Lennon and right. Yoko. And <laughs> I'm not saying that. John Lennon. Yeah. All we are. Wow. You're. Your references are getting way out there. <laughs> but you get all of them. No, I didn't. Eventually. All right. Well, that does it for another episode of Psychology in Seattle. Um, what do you think? We just recorded in Cairo Studios. Yay! This is awesome. I mean, my voice sounds like an announcer or we something. can check us out on like, can we, like, uh, talk about Minor sports for a little bit? And, like, you know, and those Mariners and the Sonics are really doing good this season. Ooh. All three of us do not watch sports. <laughs> Does golf count? Oh. No. no. Everybody looked at me like, when we went around at my family reunion, like, what sports do you guys watch? And I said golf, and they're like, golf? Ugh. I'm like, oh, screw you. I've watched Caddyshack. Don't judge me. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Psychology in Seattle. Signing up from Cairo Studios. Take care of yourself, please. Goodbye. Bye. Goodbye. Bye.